Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome, everyone, to episode 45 of the Writer's Block Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Laurie, and alongside me, I have two of the co-hosts that we introduced last week. I'm so excited for the new iteration of the Writer's Block Podcast. Yes, that is right. I have David Howman here and also Brandon Clements, who you can find on Twitter, at Icebreaker24 and then at underscore DH44 underscore. Uh, guys, I am so, so ecstatic to get this started, to get the ball rolling with you guys. Because not only that, are we starting our new podcast and, and the new iteration of it, but training camp is here. The Cowboys have landed officially as we're recording this right now in Oxnard, California. Uh, Dave, I'll start with you. How how pumped are you that finally football is here? I'm, I, I can't even put into words how excited I am. And it almost doesn't feel real. I feel like this offseason kind of flew by and it almost feels like wait are we all really all ready to training camp yeah. <laughs> but then at the same time it's like all right let's get to it let's let's get to work let's get some content going it's it's going to be so nice to suddenly be able to freak out about the video that someone took on their phone from from Oxnard and be like oh my god like Dak threw a pick to uh Eric Scott Jr. <laughs> who, like we forgot about him <laughs> this season's over already what about you Brandon I'm really excited, and man, I got I got to fix you real quick on this one. B, it's it's Icebreaker at Icebreaker Twenty One. I know. I as as soon as I said it, I was like, man, you know, I knew I messed it up, but that's okay. You know, we're just we're getting the training wheels going for for what we got right now. That, we are, and 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 I'll add to to Hamid's point. I'm just excited. I know I know the uh, the the plane has landed, and and we're actually waiting to see if Zach Martin's going to show up tomorrow. So we'll see we'll see how that plays out. But I'm I'm excited. We're going to see some like David said. I, I'm I'm looking forward to watching a lot of stuff on Twitter. I'll be checking it out, you know, throughout the day at work, of course, just to see see some Simi Fajoko great grab or something. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I love it. And there's no better people, group of people. Of course, we're going to have one more co-host joining us as well, and we'll save that for next week. Then we can do a proper introduction. But uh, really, we're going to start with sort of a game. We, we, we love playing games on here um, in honor of the release of the Barbie movie and Oppenheimer, whether you've seen it already, whether you haven't. I know, Dave, if you've seen Twitter, he had a beautiful outfit uh, that, that he was sporting for the movie. So without giving any spoilers, Howman, for you, what did you think of the double feature that you kind of saw this weekend? It, it was so much fun. It was it was so great to just go and get like kind of the best of both worlds of the the beautiful bustling world of Barbie, and then immediately go right into the horribly depressing world of of the atomic bomb. <laughs> B one, and that's the other thing too. If you guys hear B one and B two, 
Clements is B1, I am B2. So if we just keep saying Brandon, Brandon, we're not talking about ourselves and we're not being conceited about it. It's just that's what happens when you got two guys with the same name on the same podcast. But for you, you mentioned to me that you might not be seeing the movies. Is that just out of personal choice or you just don't have any interest? Uh, I guess it's a little bit of both. I think a lot of it's timing. It was, I'll be honest with you. I wanted to see the Michael Jordan, that Nike air movie for like the longest time. And mm-hmm. I finally, I finally got like an hour and a half, two hours to sit and watch it on Amazon. I think it was on Amazon prime video. Finally it came out. So I'm, I'm so behind on movies, like having kids. It's like, I'm usually watching anything Disney and, and all that stuff. So it's like the limited amount of time that I get, it's not enough time to, cause most movies nowadays are like two to two and a half hour movies. And I'm like, I got like an hour, hour and a half sometimes after work and after I get them settled. So I might get around to it eventually. You know, it all depends on what the missus wants to watch. I I completely let her kind of run the run the show with the movie. So, you know, it, happy wife, happy life. So I, I bet you I will at some point. It, it might not be for a bit. It might be when it gets to your favorite streaming device, but it's not going to be for a little bit, I don't think. I feel like for you on your timeline, it's a lot of when you see the first movie, the sequel's already out. Like, that's how long it takes yeah. for you to kind of get to it. So that makes total sense. And I respect it. I respect the happy wife, happy life. But like I said, in honor of the releases, uh, we're going to do sort of an either or a positive or negative take on things that we've been hearing over the past week, kind of like a a training camp primer in a way. And then we're just going to kind of tie the movies into it. So really what's going to happen is I'm going to come across some statements, some quotes that we've been hearing from the past week, even today, uh, as we're recording this. And then the guys, if they feel positive about it, they're going to say Barbie. You know, like they're they're feeling good vibes. Everything's good. But if they're not feeling so good, of course, the atomic bomb, you go with Oppenheimer. It's pretty self-explanatory. Feel free to play at home with yourself in your car or just, you know, at work. And people think you're just going insane. That's fine, too. So I'll start with uh, B1. Uh, for you, uh, the Twitter rebranding. Uh, to, to X. We find out today that, that Twitter is no longer going to have the bird as the icon. It's going to be an X. Uh, I don't know if you're going to be calling it instead of a tweet, it's exit or exit. I don't know what they're doing. If they just change it to a Y, it would just be yeet. And that would probably be a lot better. But uh, for you, what do you think? Barbie or an Oppenheimer on the uh, Twitter rebranding? Oh, it's definitely Oppenheimer for me. I'm just so sick of all this, all this Twitter stuff. I mean, you know, Elon has been really, you know, he's been really messing around with this whole Twitter thing. I, I think he, he's got to have buyer's remorse. I mean, he has so much money. I mean, it, I mean, it probably doesn't really, he doesn't really care that much, but I'm like, really like we're going to change it to X. I mean, he's literally flipping us the bird. So it's kind of, it's a little, you know, I'm like, I, I, but I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens to threads. I know, I know a lot of you guys are doing threads. I, you guys know me. I'm not. I'm not as active during the off season on social media. I even I take a step back. So I, I see. I see Hallman stuff. That dapper outfit he had earlier today. I saw the picture of that. And then of course I see. You know I see uh, Laurie always posting some good stuff. Uh, you know I think I saw Sam Williams putting out a, a, a hype video today. So I saw that. So yeah, for me, I, I it's funny in this world of everybody has like every like Snapchat, you know, Instagram, all that. Fun fact, I don't even have an Instagram. That's just, I'm not a, I'm not a huge social media guy, but I do, I do like the Twitter for what it brings to the table. I get to see the Adam Shafters, the rap sheets of the world. But for me, I'm like, ah, I give y'all a lot of credit because sometimes I see some of those comments that at some of your, you know, at your posts and I'm like, man, I'm waiting to see how snarky they're going to get. Cause you guys are a lot nicer than I might be sometimes. Well, it's also funny. I mean, Howman like X, I mean, that's iconic for the Cowboys with, with Des Bryant, the days of throwing up the X. So really, I mean, I've seen Des throw a lot of the X's up uh, over the past few 24 hours. So I think for him, it's pretty successful, but where do you fall on it? 
I mean, you know, when, when Des Bryant was playing, there was nobody who loved throwing up the X more than I did. I, I would be watching the game at home, and anytime he, he caught a touchdown, I'd stand up and do the X, and my parents kind of looked at me like, what the heck is he doing? And I was like, you wouldn't get it. But uh, I don't think it works for, for Twitter. Uh, I'm going to have to go Oppenheimer here too. Um, and it, keeping in line with the themes of movies and streaming services, it's like HBO Max when they rebranded to Max. I'm st- I still call it HBO Max. I'm going to still call it Twitter. Like, it, it's not going to stick for me. Like it, it's, it's Twitter. Even if the bird is gone, it's still the bird app. Yeah. And hey, listen, I've been saying this all day. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, just keep a good thing going. And with that, I mean, you also have, I mean, I think this one's pretty explanatory too. J. Ron Curse was talking about how the uh, 105 degree days in Dallas are no longer right now for the next month and that uh, he's enjoying the 60 degree weather getting off the plane. So I think you can kind of figure out which is Oppenheimer, which one's Barbie for that and sticking in line with Malibu Barbie with California theme. So that's pretty obvious. But to go with the first Cowboys question, Howman. I'll throw it to you first. Zach Martin, of course, Brandon alluded to it, B1 alluded to it, that he wasn't on the team charter. It's going into Oxnard. It was reported last week that he was a little disgruntled with the contract and lack thereof a, you know, an extension. There were some conversations at the Combine uh, in February, but nothing really transpired. So for him not being with the team right now, are you worried at all, or is it still positive vibes to start the beginning of camp? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm worried just because you don't want to have a player like Zach Martin of his caliber not being there or even just being disgruntled on some level. That's one of those guys you just want to always keep him happy. And you also kind of wonder with the other the other players that they're kind of trying to figure out contracts for with, you know, C.D. Lamb, Trayvon Diggs, um, Dak Prescott and, and his deal. Um, you wonder, like, how quickly are they going to be able to take care of Zach Martin? How quickly are they going to get that resolve to where he can come into practice and and actually be practicing, staying in shape with the team and be ready to go. So for this one, I got to go Oppenheimer and I'll even take it a step further and say, I am become death destroyer of cap space. Wow. And, and you know, that's, that's a little intense, but I, I, I enjoy it. I like it. Um, it it's funny because when he started being active on social media last week, I kind of figured, Oh, this is, this is odd. It kind of like perked up the antennas a little bit, but um, I, I just thought it was funny how it went from him being the 99th uh, overall player in Madden to then now all of a sudden it's uh, contract <laughs> negotiations need to be worked out. And I do agree. I brought up on Twitter that when Danny Phantom and I had one of our off season episodes uh, probably around May, when I was looking at future free agents and maybe contracts to look ahead and maybe you want to address things sooner rather than later, I saw Zach Martin's contract and I said, wow, like he seems severely underpaid from where the actual guard market is. And when you figure he, when he signed the extension in 2018, when it's a long-term deal, that just means that five years, the market's going to change a lot. That's why Dak didn't want to sign a super long-term deal. And he's going to be up at the table again to hopefully be getting a lot of money this offseason. So Brandon, for you, is, is it seeming like a little positive? Like, do you feel like this will get done before camp even kicks off, maybe tomorrow we hear some news about it, or do you think that it really is going to be a cause for concern, especially with him being one of the leaders on the offense and the entire team? 
I'm going to go Barbie on this one. I feel I feel good about it because for me, you know, yes, he's the Madden 99 for whatever that's worth. Obviously, Madden and all the, the gamers in the world are very happy that he's the, the best uh, best guard in the league, which, you know, obviously I think we've known that since he got into the league. So for me, the Cowboys, I'm looking here on my on my sheet here, they have some they have some money to move around here. They got some cap room right now. So if they really want to get something done, they just need to pay him. I don't care what it is. If it's a, you know, if it's a decent figure, a reasonable figure, you got to pay him. It's Zach Martin. He, you need him on that line. You, you have to protect your, your most important investment, uh, which is Dak Prescott. And last time I checked, Zach Martin's pretty darn good at uh, protecting the quarterback and obviously helping pave the way for our new starting running back, Tony Pollard. So for me, he's too good of a player. He's still in, he's still in his prime. They're going to get the deal done. It, it, whether he shows up tomorrow or not, I mean, it's going to, you know, if he doesn't show up, it's going to create a little, people are going to get a little nervous. You know, we're going to see Cowboys Twitter going crazy about it tomorrow, I feel like. But you know what? I'm not concerned about it. He's one of those guys. He's been in the league for a while. If Even if it, it draws out just a little bit where they're just kind of, you know, playing that game of I'm not going to come in until I get my money. And, and the Cowboys are like, well, we don't want to pay that kind of money. They'll, they're going to get it done. It, it, it's not a matter of, if it's more when so i'm very optimistic i'm not concerned that zach martin zach martin will be he'll be playing against the new york giants uh week one i also thought about how when you think about the pillars of the cowboys offense for the previous few seasons ezekiel elliott was released of course uh before free agency started and now if zach martin is going to be absent those are two guys that have been the face of the offense between them two zach uh or uh, dak prescott cd lamb you don't want these guys to become disgruntled where all of a sudden it just starts affecting the chemistry of the locker room. Again, a lot of guys would, would like to see Zeke back in the locker room. They understand the business side of things, but I do think he's missed um, dearly and being a guy of, of such stature in the Cowboys over the previous few uh, seasons. It's like you don't want to disrupt that chemistry, especially right as training camp starts. So I, I eventually I do think it will get done. I'm going to go Barbie on this. I do think that probably by the end of the week, I, I would assume something gets done. I think he's just... The Cowboys know what they have in Zach Martin. Zach Martin knows his worth. I think they're going to just come to an agreement. And Hellman, you actually alluded to, I mean, they have a lot of other things to get done. And when Zach Martin's throwing his name on top of a CeeDee Lamb, a Trayvon Diggs, a potentially Micah Parsons at the end of the year, Dak Prescott as well, you know, these are things that they need to prioritize. And if you can get Zach Martin done, at least you can show even the entire team, like, hey, we're willing to do business. Let's just get things done. And I do believe that there's something about the Oxnard air that gets things done with offensive linemen in long-term deals. So, um, Yeah, to your point, Brandon, too, is, I mean, not only do they have contracts to figure out, but specifically with the offensive line, they have starting positions to figure out. Where's where's Terran Steele at in his recovery? Um, Is Tyron Smith going to start at left tackle? Is Tyler Smith going to start at left guard? If he's not a left guard, who's starting there? And now you throw in, like, is Zach Martin going to be there? You know, how, how long until you figure out who your starting five is and you want to get those guys playing together enough reps in training camp to get the consistency across the board. So that's, that's another thing that just kind of adds to the level of concern for me is the longer this goes on, that's the less time that you have to get your figure out your five starting offensive linemen and then also get them reps playing together so that they're on the same page for week one. And you also have the situation where you want to build continuity you want to build all those reps where I understand Zach Martin doesn't have to take a, a single snap in training camp in the preseason. And I'm sure he'd be good week one, but you still want walkthroughs the new it's installing a new offense. So he has to be there. And I think with OTAs and minicamp, he wasn't there already. So he was there, but not on the field. So I do think that it is important. And you bring up a great point. And 
the next question, and I'll throw it to B1 first because, Howman, you kind of answered this last week uh, with your Oppenheimer concern. But I, how do we feel about after the first week of camp, the kicker situation is solidified, it's ironed out. We know right after week one who the kicker will be, it, whether it's going to be Tristan Viscaino or is it going to be Brandon Aubrey? I mean, Brandon, for you, another Brandon in the locker room, it's always a good thing. Is he going to be the week one kicker after week one of training camp? I mean, obviously with his name, I mean, he's obviously got some love from, from us, uh, from the B1 and B2 of the world. So, yeah, I mean, on a, on a real a real note, he is a legit player. And, and a, a great fact about him, he's actually been working with former Cowboys. Well, he was working with former Cowboys kicker Chris Bonio. Uh, he was working with him with the, in the USFL, so he's got the connections there. Chris Bonio back in the 90s was really – he was a really good kicker. I think he was close to 90% accurate. And I remember on – I think it was a prime – it was a primetime game. I think it was Monday Night Football. I think he had six field goals in one game. So, like, he – you know, Chris Bonio knows, knows a thing or two about kicking. And, you know, obviously the thing that I kind of looked at was – we have, you know, Bones Fossil was kind of, you know, they were like, we're going to take anybody that anybody that want that can kick a ball, we're going to we're going to bring them in. And I thought it was interesting. They they waited till the USFL season was done before, you know, be, you know, before he was like, all right, let's bring this kid in. And the cool thing I, I like about Aubrey is he's not a football player first, which is kind of different, which is kind of cool. I, I was waiting for more teams to do that trend where you're going to see guys that maybe didn't play you know, in, in college for football and they, they played college soccer and they were good. They just, they just didn't make it in the pros for soccer. They still got a leg. They know how to kick a ball. I know it's a different type of ball, but I've clearly, I've seen the videos that, you know, you guys have posted online. I've seen some of his videos online. The kick and kick the ball very hard. And I, I think, you know, people are worried about like, all right, can he, can he kick the, uh, the Brat Maher uh, distance? Mm-hmm. I mean, Maher in mile high is going to be a little bit of a, a difficult, uh, task to beat because I think he can break a record this year. I just that's that's kind of where I'm at. But Brandon Aubrey, I think I think he's he's got the job. I think it's Viscayano, you know, I thank you for coming. Thank you for hanging out for a little bit. But I think it's Aubrey's job to lose at this point. What about you, Hellman? Do you feel a little bit better about it after you kind of digested what we talked about last week? You kind of talked things through. Jess and I always talked about that the writer's block is a safe space. It's sort of therapeutic. So if you kind of talk things out, maybe you feel a little bit better the next week. Yeah, I mean, talking things over on the writer's block always makes me feel better. Um, I do want to reiterate, I was just looking at my crystal ball. I, I was just telling you what the crystal ball told me. So that's, I, I bear no responsibility for that. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, I have to go with a Barbie here. I, I'm feeling not necessarily positive, but cautiously optimistic. Um, you know, Brandon Aubrey, you can never go wrong with a Brandon, as we all know here. Um, but I mean, he, he's, he's very interesting because he didn't start out in football and, and then he kind of has transitioned to it. And, and to, uh, to, to Brandon's point about him working with Chris Bonio, not only was he a really good kicker for the Cowboys, he was also the Cowboys kicker coach when Dan Bailey started with the Cowboys and became for a time, the most accurate kicker in NFL history. Uh, of course, we know how that all ended with Bailey and things didn't go so well once he left Dallas, but um, you know, that, that's a pretty good name to be working with. And, you know, if you if you look at Brandon Aubrey's stats in the USFL, I mean, his his first season, he was uh, he was 18 to 22 on his field goals. He was 22 to 24 on extra points, which is not bad. He was one of the better kickers in the USFL that year. And then coming into this past season, 14 to 15 on field goals, and then he made all of his extra points. So you see that kind of upward trend for him of he's getting better. He's getting more confident and Maybe he doesn't have the leg of Brett Maher. Most kickers don't. But I also think that's kind of a good thing because then 
if you don't have a kicker that you completely trust from super far away, it pushes your offense to be going for it more on fourth down, be a little more aggressive, um, which I think the Cowboys are probably going to do anyway with all of the analytic staffers that they brought in this offseason. But it, it also just helps a little bit to know, oh, we can't rely on our kicker because it's not, you know, Greg the leg or, or Brett Maher who can drill a 60-something yarder with, with plenty of room to spare. So I, I, I'm really hopeful for Brandon Aubrey. I think that he's probably got a, as good a chance as any to, to come out of that first week making us all feel real confident about him. You brought up a few things. I think if he's not going to have the leg of, of Maher, maybe they're a little bit more conservative when it comes to the field goal kicking game. Like it's not going to be Minnesota where they're doing back-to-back 60-yard field goals. Maybe they go for it on fourth down a little bit more. Maybe Mark M- Mike McCarthy and Brian Schottenheimer work on their fourth down calls a little bit more to to work with the analytics department, try and be more successful, catch teams off guard. I'm all for that. Uh, within reason, of course, you don't want to be too cavalier with it. Um, but I do also think, listen, the Cowboys have evaluated the USFL pretty well. I mean, they're one for one with Kevontae Turpin, of course, former USFL MVP. Um, and Aubrey, like you said, Hellman had a lot of success, success at the USFL level, two-time champion, back-to-back season. So he knows what it takes to win. And for whatever it's worth, it still is legitimate football in my eyes. And he's getting meaningful snaps and big-time games. So that's important. There's also one little nugget about his soccer days that I kind of unearthed that I'll hopefully save for an article coming out uh, in just a, a week or two. So that'll be interesting. And he's also been working with kicker Nick Novak uh, as well, former kicker uh, in the NFL. So he's a lot of these guys have been working with a lot of people, but I, I feel Barbie about it. I think it's going to solve itself. The California air will work in favor of the kickers this time, not like last year with Jonathan Garibay and the debacle that was that situation. So next statement we have is that Todd Archer came out and said that Jordan Lewis would probably be the only player that would be designated on the physically unable to perform, i.e. the PUP list that you always hear about. And the Cowboys had a few players that were that were injured coming into the season. Of course, Jordan Lewis, but also Terrence Steele and Tony Pollard. But he mentioned that they those two guys, the last two, might avoid the PUP list. So, Howman, for you, when you hear Terrence Steele and Tony Pollard are not expected to be on the PUP list, how does that make you feel? It makes me feel very Barbie. I'm, I'm feeling pink from head to toe right now hearing that. Um, that's that's exciting news, especially with with Terrence Steele, because you know it was kind of it was kind of touch and go. It's like you heard some positive stuff, and then you also heard, oh well, in OTAs he wasn't wasn't really doing any physical reps. He was doing mental reps to the side. So, and, and Terrence Steele is really um, you know a, a big piece of the puzzle with the offensive line too, because if he's able to go and he's able to be your right tackle from day one, then that really gives you a lot more options on the left side with with Tyron and Tyler Smith and and how you want to go about it with those two guys. Um, and of course, there's plenty of debate to be had over what they do in that situation. But at the very least, you, you have that kind of flexibility if Steele is ready to go. Um, and, and also, maybe maybe we do actually get to see Steele work out at left guard and see if, if that was just off-season talk or if that's something they actually want to do. But Overall, I'm feeling very excited that that neither of those guys are are going to be going on the list. I'll be honest with you, I'm 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 excited too. I'm I'm Barbie as well with Jordan, especially with Jordan Lewis. You, you know, I I like him. You know, there's a there's another cornerback uh, that's no longer on the team that I'm. You know, I'm you know a lot of people used to give me flack for, but uh, I'm glad Anthony Brown is uh, his days with the Cowboys. I think are done. I, I've always liked Jordan Lewis. I. I 
to me, I think they're going to carry six cornerbacks this year. That's kind of where I'm at. I, there's so much depth. I think I think Eric Scott Jr. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna solidify that 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 final spot. I, I don't think you can keep him in the practice squad. I think he's he's already he's already a name to watch for with the training camp coming up uh, this you know this uh, this week here. And in in the name to keep it, another name to keep an eye on is Calvin Joseph as well. I mean. I'm I'm curious to see if he if he can turn it around. He's starting to flash. I've heard some good things, different reports that have come out that he's looked better. He's looking more confident. So I'm I'm curious to see what happens there. The biggest takeaway from that though is what do you do? Do you do you have Jordan Lewis or Deron Bland uh, at nickel? Like that's that to me is going to be you know that that's going to be interesting. I mean, with the way the NFL runs with so many more receivers on, it's a pass heavy league nowadays. I like them both in the, in the in the slot, so we can have two really good nickels. So if teams are going to deploy, you know, three, four, five receiver sets, I'm I'm very comfortable with with Trayvon Diggs, Stephon Gilmore, Deron Bland, and in in Jordan Lewis. I think I think those four are going to be really good. And then Terrence Steele, I, I'm I'm excited. It, it makes me feel good that he, it sounds like he's going to be ready to go for Week One. I don't I don't I don't buy into that 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 stuff that he's oh he's going to play inside. He's the right tackle. Let's let's just quit that noise. He's the right tackle. And a surprise name for you know some people. Watch out for Willetsko. Matt Willetsko is going to be the swing tackle this year. That's that's my bold prediction. I don't think it's that bold. I, I'm I'm in lockstep with you. I, I'm all Barbie. Uh, let's go Good. party on that one. I'm I'm all for that one. <laughs> I, I was waiting for somebody to throw that in there, but I thought Hamlet would be the first one. I think you were saving that's, for for another answer. Um, yeah, I have that one in the chamber ready. Go. Yeah. Well, feel free to reuse it. Um, but I do honestly. For all three, for different reasons, I'm feeling Barbie about, especially Tony Pollard, you know, with, with the gruesome injury that happened, the fact that he's not going to be on the list. We've seen great things from him. Um, of course, there was a video that I posted about him working out um, on an explosive machine, working on his explosion with the leg. He looked really fluid, really comfortable, um, and he's been working out as well, too. And I'm, again, with these two guys, if they are good with, with going through walkthrough, less contact like they really don't need to see the field we know what they are of course you want Terrence Steele to develop more and more with his chemistry with Zach Martin that's the other importance of having Zach Martin there so that those two guys can get back in lockstep Um, but I I think for Jordan Lewis it's an interesting player because a lot of fans are kind of writing him off saying no it's Deron Bland's spot let's move on from Jordan Lewis we'll save some money but to me the way that the season ended last year where the Cowboys were really trying to fish for extra help at the cornerback position, you can't have too many corners in this league with veteran experience, veteran leadership. Dan Quinn loves Jordan Lewis. He talked about when he went down, like this is one of the heart and soul players of the defense, and he was crushed when he went down with the injury. I think that, listen, it's not set in stone that Deron Bland continues on the trajectory that he was last year. I'm just being realistic about that. It was great. I'm all I'm all in favor of him taking another step forward. If he gets the starting job, I think that's awesome. But I think that you can never have too many proven corners, especially with where the league is going right now with being very pass-heavy, a lot of motion-heavy. Jordan Lewis is very experienced. He knows a lot about this defense already. Keep him around. And the price tag, it really isn't that high. It's between, I think, 5 or $7 million this year. So if you can keep him around, make it work. I think, to me, if it's better to keep him and then maybe you have like a Kelvin Joseph from Sean Wright as sort of the secondary players, maybe that means you say goodbye to C.J. Goodwin. I know he's a core special teams player, but if Kelvin Joseph can kind of spe- uh, step into that role, he's a better defensive back than C.J. Goodwin is as a defensive back. So I think you can kind of trade it off a little bit there. Um, I-, I just think if you can find a way to keep Jordan Lewis on this team, I think that's really important. How, many do you- how do you feel about that? Do you think Lewis should be on this team? Uh, yeah, I completely agree. I've been a Jordan Lewis fan since the moment that he was drafted in Dallas. And 
Um, you know, obviously there was there was the whole controversy with you know Chris Richard. He doesn't play him because he's too short. Um, and and thankfully that changed when Dan Quinn took over, and, and he's he's really been shining the last couple of years with with Quinn. And um, you know, it's kind of crazy because he was playing so well, and then when he went down, Deron Bland stepped up in such a big way that it really has made a lot of people forget just what Jordan Lewis is capable of. And, and that's a testament to Bland. And that's a good problem for the Cowboys to have is, is having two really good players that they really are excited about and trust between Bland and Lewis. Um, so I, I think absolutely Lewis should be part of the plan. But, um, you know, obviously there is the competition that he's going to have with Bland. And also maybe he's still with Izzy McQuamu because he, you know, pitched in and, and looked pretty good in the slot in the playoffs. Um, and so starting on the pup list is not the best thing for Lewis. Um, you know, and I'm kind of curious to see how that unfolds as we go through all of training camp, but I think definitely just from, from his experience, his, his knowledge of the scheme and the leadership that he brings to the locker room, I think he's someone you, you have to have, even if he isn't actually on the active roster, he just, you benefit from having him around the team. And I- Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G Podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. I also think, too, that if midway through season, let's just say, hypothetically, he ends up on IR... That's somebody you can bring back mid-season, and it becomes almost like a relief pitcher in the playoffs. Like you have the guy rehabbing, and you can keep him on the roster, and then all of a sudden he's rip-roaring, ready to go. And if there is something that pops up between the health of the secondary, he's able to slide in there, and it actually could be an improvement depending on where things set up. So I think if you can keep him on the team, regardless if it's going on IR, whether it's keeping him on the 53, I think if you can find a way to keep him, I think it's a resource to have, and especially when you're trying to teach young guys like a Mukwamu and an Eric Scott, I think it's just another resource to have. So then the next one, too, another forgotten guy uh, with the wide receiver, and we talk about Jalen Tolbert a lot, of course, and, and him going from year one to year two. But we also have, I, I think I keep forgetting about Michael Gallup. Like, that's somebody who, on this team, 
He was very productive before the injury. Last year, uh, still recovering. Didn't really hit his stride until maybe the end of the year. People thought it was a down year. Um, From David Moore uh, of Dallas Morning News, he came out on Twitter today, and he talked to Michael Gallup, and he said, last year, I could barely walk coming into camp. It was pretty rough. This year, I'm definitely excited. He said, we got a great group. Everyone meshes well. So he also talked about the retreat in Georgia, how that really helped the entire offense. Not everybody was there, but a lot of the skill players with Dak were there talking about leadership and brotherhood. So, Brandon, for you, hearing that Michael Gallup could barely walk last year, but now he feels really good, does that scare you a little bit? Or his sort of honesty and everything, feeling a lot better, kind of makes you kind of take a sigh of relief just a little bit more entering this year? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a sigh of relief, and it's definitely Barbie for me. I mean, I, I've said it before, anything with ACL injuries, it's, you know, it's it's not the first year after you come back. It's the it's the second season. It's that one year removed, I think, is a is a big a, a big marker to see where you're at. And it sounds like his explosive his, his explosiveness is back. He's, you know, he, he seems like he's going to be back to the old form that we were, we're familiar with. And last time I checked, he's probably going to be our number three receiver, which is kind of cool. It's He's not expected to be the number two guy at this point, because obviously we brought in Brandon Cook, and he's going to be another great threat for the team. And and I'm really excited for what Michael Gallup's going to bring. I wouldn't be surprised if we see guy we see a couple of these guys really close to a thousand yards. I think at least two of these receivers are going to get to a thousand yards this year easily. I, I could see I could see Gallup being one of them. I do think Brandon Cooks is it, Cooks and, and Lamb. I feel like are locks for a thousand yards receiving this year. But don't be surprised if, if Gallup gets you know he's he's third in line but he could be really close to a thousand yard season but I'll, I'll say this i think he might lead the cowboys in touchdown receptions this year that's that's my bold prediction i think i think the, you know i think he's gonna be back his athleticism is is back to where it is he's a great he's a great jump ball guy right in the corner of the end zone throw it up to gallup and let him let him eat i think he's gonna i think he's gonna lead the receiving group in, in touchdowns in, in 2023 that, that is my bold prediction uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm really I get excited hearing about Michael Gallup, um, you know, feeling good and, and feeling just mentally like he's back. Um, it does kind of, you know, it, it kind of always concerns me every time that he talks about just how how bad he was last year and yeah. the fact that he was out there playing and also just kind of the the arrogance of the Cowboys front office to say, oh, yeah, like we're, we're going to bring Michael Gallup back, even though he can't walk and we're going to trade away Amari Cooper. And we think that's a good strategy. And, um, you know, I mean, I'm always, I'm still going to be bitter about the, the Cooper trade, especially the more we find out about just how bad it was for well, Gallup. And not only that, but we also hear for uh, from Matt Harmon from Reception Perception how he thinks that Amari Cooper had his best season as a pro uh, last year, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah that yeah. one hurts a little bit. Yeah, Amari, I mean, I can't blame too many people for not watching that many Browns games last year, but... He was really good in Cleveland. I mean, he, he's he's still got it, and so that's just a wait. Wait, So someone's really good in Cleveland. That doesn't really for football. That that's a little funny for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, I mean, the Cooper trade. You know, I'm always going to be. I'll always be upset about it. And the the Gallup news kind of just just adds to that bitterness. But if Gallup is able to come back and he's able to be what he was before the injury. Um, I mean, it just unlocks so much more for this offense because CeeDee Lamb has already shown that he is he is capable of being that number one guy. Brandon Cooks at this point is a very known commodity. He's a great separator, um, very good deep threat. And Gallup is a really good deep threat too. And I think we've kind of forgot about that because last year he didn't have any sort of explosion to really go down the field. Um, but if, you, if you're able to get 
you know, Cooks and Gallup and they're stretching the field. And then you've got C.D. Lamb over the middle of the field and he's able to work with the ball. And he's got really good ability after the catch. I mean, that's that's a pretty good recipe right there. And then you throw in those tight ends with Jake Ferguson, Peyton Hendershot, the rookie and Schoonmaker. I mean, you can see how there could be some level of excitement here if everyone is is playing at their level. And really, a lot of it starts with Gallup. And I do think scheme-wise, you mentioned a great point how Gallup could be better on the outside, Cook's on the outside, and that puts CeeDee Lamb in the slot where he really works best. And I think that overall, the offense would be a lot better with him being healthy. I don't think, you know, I've seen a few people saying, oh, it's his job to lose. He really shouldn't be on the team. To me, again, it's the same thing about Jordan Lewis. When you have a veteran player, somebody who has a lot of chemistry with Dak Prescott, like you want to keep these guys around. We've talked about like at nauseum throughout this offseason, how can Dak Prescott lower his interception total? And again, it's not all on Dak completely, but it's just you want to keep guys around that he's familiar with. Like that's the whole point of this. That's the whole point of getting better, especially when you're installing a new offense. Michael Gallup is a fan favorite um, within the locker room. You know, the coaches love him, his work ethic. And honestly, I appreciate the honesty. I remember last year before the Giants game, people thought that that would be his sort of first game back but he said going through opening you know warm-ups he said you know what I don't feel 100% comfortable you know playing right now and then he came back the next week so for me I give him a lot of credit just knowing himself as a player and the coaching staff trusting him and where he's at so if he says he's better I'm all for it um another player talking about the defensive side who talked today uh, with the media um, after getting off the bus in Oxnard, this is from John Michaud of The Athletic. J. Ron Curse, the tight end eraser for the Cowboys, uh, he was asked about the defense and the expectations of uh, running it back with a lot of the guys who came back, like Leighton Vander Esch to Donovan Wilson. And, of course, when you add a Stephon Gilmore into the mix, does that create sort of Super Bowl expectations? And he said, we feel that way every year, but to go out and uh, – you know, to go out there and prove it. That's something that we have to prove every day. We have to think greatness wherever, uh, whenever we're doing anything. Um, we're going in the right direction. We're taking the right steps to go out there and be a championship defense and a championship team. We just have to put the work in. Everything will take care of itself, but we definitely have to have, we definitely have the formula to get it done. I understand that <laughs> they have not even taken a snap uh, in Oxnard yet in training camp, but talk like this. Of course, it's going to be fodder for a lot of teams around the NFL. A lot of Eagles fans it's our saying, year. yeah, exactly, right? We're, we're using it. So, I mean, it's out there, but I don't think it's crazy to think that they really do have a contention for one of the top defenses, maybe number one in the NFL. When you look top to bottom, Ryan Clark of ESPN came out this week and said the exact same thing. And I trust a lot of the evaluators who say, like, listen, even Mina Kimes, who's, who's a fan favorite of the show here and you know, we we know what the Cowboys have. So for B1, like, do you think that this is really far out there? I know he's kind of humbling things a little bit, but there's really no denying that the Cowboys have a really dominant defense. Oh, it's 100%. I mean, I've been hearing some crazy things on Twitter where people are saying 90 or 85 Bears, you know, the early 2000s uh, Baltimore Ravens. I'm hearing some crazy things like that, which in, in, in some sense it's not as crazy. I think if you look, for example, on the defensive, you know, defensive line, at the edge you have guys like Parsons, you have Lawrence, Armstrong, Williams, and Fowler, like just to name a few. Like how many teams have that arsenal of, of talent to to get after the quarterback? And for and for me, I think Jamron Curse, he's he's the he's like the he's like a, a super weapon that I I love. I think more teams are gonna start following suit where they're gonna start playing more and more that big nickel. And that's why I think the Cowboys don't really carry as many linebackers as we as we really as the teams are expected to, because 
they're going to carry five. I think they're going to carry five safeties this year. I just think that's, I think that's the way it's going to go. I think a guy like Marquise, Marquise Bell is going to be there. And don't forget about the linebacker position with a Damone Clark. He, he's getting praised from what you, from the other Clark, Mr. Ryan Clark. He was talking very highly of, of, of the other Clark there. And it's, it's, it's going to, it's going to be interesting to see how he takes the next step because as we all know, he wasn't even really supposed to play last year. So that was, that was like seeing him play and it played at a pretty decent level considering that many people kind of wrote him off and thought, okay, it's probably a red shirt year for this guy. So we'll see him in 2023, but he flashed a lot of ability. And then this off season, you know, when guy like a guy like Ryan Clark, who last time I checked knows a thing or two about the NFL, he played the game for a little bit. So if he's, if he's putting his stamp of approval on a guy like Demon Clark, I, I'm I'm ready to roll. I'm I'm excited for him. I I think he's going to take a big step this year. I'm very excited for a guy like Jabril Cox. I think we're finally going to hopefully he's another guy with the the knee issues. I, I'm wondering what's going to happen with him this year because the talent is there. We know the talent is there with Jabril Cox. It's just putting it all together. And and I think the Cowboys defense as a whole, I think they're they are one of the deepest units in the entire league, and it's going to be. It's going to be a fun watch this year, and I think if there's not too many injuries, I do think the Cowboys are going to be in really good shape on the defensive side. I, I think, Hellman, we feel, I think all three of us, pretty Barbie about about the Cowboys' defense. Yeah. Oh. But where is the Oppenheimer? Like, if you had to pick one thing about the Cowboys' defense right now that you could say would improve, Hellman, what would it be? You know, it, it's it's funny as I, as I think about this and, and the Cowboys' defense – Going back to when Dan Quinn first arrived in Dallas and how bad the defense had been in the one year under Mike Nolan. And so much of the talking points then was like Dan Quinn's a good defensive coach. It didn't work out for him as head coach, but he's a really good defensive coordinator. All he needs is to get this defense to play average football. The offense will be good enough that with an average defense, you can win a lot of games. And then they come out and they're one of the best defenses in the league. And then all off season, now we're talking about, well, you know, they, they were so good and they were good in this and they were good in this. They had a bunch of takeaways, but statistically regression is coming for them. And f- fair enough, they did actually regress in the takeaway numbers, but they also had significantly more pressures, significantly more sacks, and they were still one of the best defenses in the NFL. So that's, you know, now two years in a row where the expectation has not been that they're definitely going to be dominant. And so now we're going into an off season and saying like, I feel great about the defense. Like they're going to continue to be great. You know, even the front office is saying like, you know, we, we feel great about our defense. It's, it's just about fixing the offense. And, and that does make me a little nervous. So I think, I think if I had to pick an Oppenheimer here, it would be that maybe this is the year that regression does come for them. And, and they take a step back, whether it's injuries, which we saw a little bit last year with, with the quarterback situation, or whether it's just, you know, sometimes sometimes you just get a bad draw and you, you face a hot team or you play. I mean, the Cowboys have a harder schedule than they did last year just based off the opposing quarterbacks they face. Um, and there's always potential for some of those quarterbacks to, to become way better than we expected, like Geno Smith last year did. Um, so, you know, I, I, I don't think that there's necessarily one spot on this defense that you can point to and say, like, this is the Achilles heel that it, and it's, it's going to – it's going to be their undoing if it happens. But I think if there was kind of a worst case scenario, it's that the regression does wear off. And we do see that, oh, you can't just rely on the defense to always be good year in, year out, even if you keep the same players. Um, how much do I think that will actually happen? I wouldn't bet on it just because Micah Parsons alone is just a, a absolute force. And 
I don't see anything that can stop him yet, and I don't think that's that it's coming. He to keep in line with Oppenheimer, he kind of is the atomic bomb of defensive players. <laughs> it is just an, a, a horrible force that you can unleash on on someone, and and you don't want to be there when it goes off. Yeah, that's good. I was gonna say, you know, because that's you've seen you, because you've seen the movies. Who was the underrated uh, actor or actress in the Barbie movie uh, when you saw it? Um. I guess America Ferrera. She was great in it. Okay, so for Brandon, who's the America Ferrera of the defense? Who's the one that's sort of like under the radar? I I said it just a moment ago. I think it's Simone Clark. I, I that's that's my guy this year. And and really quick, I, you know, I don't want to be too much Oppenheimer on this whole situation. But if there is one area that I am a little bit worried about on the defense. And my worry is very slight because the rest of the defense is, is just that good. It's the youth at the linebacker position because yeah. the only proven veteran on the on the group right now is is, is Leighton Vanderash. But there's so much talent there, and a guy like Clark, if if Clark, you know, if Demon Clark can be, you know, what Ryan Clark thinks he can be, and I, I trust Ryan Clark. I've seen, I watched him. He knows the game of football. If he's if he's given him that stamp of approval, I think Demon Clark is going to have a heck of a season, and I. And he's going to be my guy that nobody's really talking about that's going to have a monster season. And he's going to be a guy that, you know, could make it easier for uh, for Hallman's guy, Leighton Van Der Esch, to walk uh, down the line pretty quick. Not only that, I think the American Ferreira is going to be Mozzie Smith. Like, nobody's talking about him. The guy has been like a ghost throughout the offseason. Yes, he's a rookie, you know, first-round pick. But I just feel like out of all the first-round picks in Cowboys history, at least in my era, like he's the one that has not been talked about enough like it's just yes taco chart taco charlton wasn't like the best player but he was still kind of hyped up as being oh you know you pair him with demarcus Ugh. lawrence but you know i know uh jess navarre's the old uh co-host on here you know she put out a great article about mozzie smith when she talked to him and it's just that's sort of like the first hype that i started hearing again about mozzie and it's like we forget that he was drafted and he's one of the freakiest athletes to ever play the position at the college level now kind of transitioning into the nfl level I think it's going to be – he's going to be like the atom bomb, I think, for the center of the defense. I mean, if we're just you know throwing that around, I think it's it has the potential to, to be that too for the Cowboys. And um, I'm excited because I do think the training camp battles between him, Tyler Smith, Zach Martin when he gets there, I think you know he's really going to take over. We talked about this last week. I think you're going to see a lot from Mozzie Smith. And I think one of the guys that you're going to see – flash very early and very often because of his strength and what's sort of advertised with him. Oh yeah. I love that. I love Mozzie Smith. And, um, you know, he really, he, I feel like he's going to be the Tyler Smith of, of the defense, just, just similar play style. Obviously they play different, different sides of the football, but I mean, he's just, he's big. He moves like you shouldn't be able to move for how big he is. And he's just so strong. Um, and I think I think the reason that most people aren't talking about him as much is just because you don't know how much he's actually going to play. Just everyone in college was saying like, oh, he's he's a great run stopper. Didn't really do much as a pass rusher at Michigan, but a lot of that was just because of the way that their defense operates. So his role was primarily run stuffing. The Cowboys feel he can do more, but you know you kind of look at that and say, well, if he's just a run stopper, he's not going to. He's only going to be playing on first down for the Cowboys, but. If he has a bigger role, especially, you know, if, if Osa Digizua doesn't, you know, take the next step or if Neville Gallimore doesn't take the next step as, you know, those guys are a little bit more of the pass rushing types of interior defenders. If he can get a bigger role, like I, I absolutely think that he can just blow up, he can break out, and he can be one of those guys that just 
you know, has a, a tremendous impre- tr- tremendous impact and presence for this defense. Um, and, I mean, he's got all the potential in the world, and now he's working with a great defensive coach in Dan Quinn and Adam Dirty, the defensive line coach. So I'm excited to see him. Yeah, I'll say that. I'll say once I've said it, I've said it many times already. Mozzie may not fill the stat sheet, so people may look at the box score and say, "Oh wow, we, we wasted a first round pick on this guy." But he's gonna he's gonna wreck the game in different ways. Like I can't wait till he wrecks that uh, that little hurts uh, quarterback sneak that the Eagles were doing all all year last year. He's gonna stuff that. He's gonna he's gonna push uh, Kelsey right back into him. So that's that's gonna be one thing I'm gonna be looking for. But also like guys like Parsons and, and Lawrence. They're going to be eating a lot this year. They're going to because Mozzie's going to take double teams, and I can see it right now. Mozzie's one of those dudes where he's yes, he's known as a run stuffer, but he because because of where he is on the line, I think his he knows what his job is. Let me clog up the line. Let me take double teams, and I'm going to help my guys. Like he he helped a guy named Aiden Hutchinson. I, I think we know. I think we're pretty familiar with this guy. He he you know he played at Michigan, and a guy like Mozzie Smith played on that same defensive line. And 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 you know what, a guy like Mozzie Smith is somebody that he he's going to improve the defense a lot. I'm not worried about the run stuffing side of things anymore because Mozzie is a, is a beast in that department. But when he was deployed as a pass rusher, even though you don't see it in the stats necessarily, he did have a lot of pressures in the big 10 against some, you know, some very good players, you know, like in, in, in like Ohio, like Ohio state, for example, like he played well in games against the big school. So for me, Mozzie is going to be a guy where if you just look at the box score, you're going to be disappointed. But if you actually watch the game, Mozzie is going to be a beast and it's going to be, He's, he's well worth the pick, and it was tough because when the Cowboys drafted another Michigan player at the end of the first round, just like they did with uh, with Mr. Taco a few years ago, that one, you know, I was a little nervous at first, but I'm like, I'm sitting there watching more and more tape of him, and I'm like, this is the this is the Dan Quinn kind of guy. Like this guy is just going to be really good. He's going to be a beast, and he's going to make us all forget about the uh, that bust that we know in it, that we that we all know as uh, Taco Charlton. I think I think this Michigan defensive lineman in the first round will hit. He's going to be a great player for many years to come, and and he's going to be giving uh, giving a lot of uh, fits to running backs and quarterbacks throughout the next you know decade plus. So the final question before we wrap up here, the final statement. This time last year, we were hearing, of course, the Sean Payton talk, the Dan Quinn talk, how, you know, maybe Mike McCarthy was going to be uneasy with his job heading into his uh, his third season uh, in Dallas. And, you know, now we enter in another offseason where there's some questions because, you know, Kellen Moore is no longer here. He's taken over the offensive play calling duties. Where do we sit on Mike McCarthy entering training camp? Are we feeling Barbie or Oppenheimer B1? I'll start with you. Um, I'm going to say Barbie, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a half glass full kind of guy. Sounds so I'm cautiously gonna, I'm a, optimistic with how you said that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely a, a cautious Barbie. I'm not going to lie. Like for me, like 12 and five, the last two seasons, like how many teams can say they've done that? And then the last time I checked, there's not very many in the last, you know, last two seasons. So he clearly knows how to put things together from a regular season perspective. We, you know, we're waiting to see what he does with the Cowboys for the playoff side of things. But He's taken the bull by the horns with the offense specifically, and we're going to see a lot of different changes this year. And yeah, Schottenheimer might be the you know the OC in name, but we know Mike McCarthy is going to have his fingerprints all over that offense. I think he's going to be throwing the book at defensive coordinators, opposing defensive coordinators this year. And and what better 
what better way to test your offensive scheme and, and the adjustments you're making than against that Cowboys defense that we've all talked about being so darn good. And, and we think they're going to be, and I think we all agree they're going to be a top 10 defense this year. So they can, they can work on, they can work on the kinks. They can, you know, Kevante Turpin is a guy that I'm looking forward to seeing more of this year. We know his legs, like, you know, he was a little bit tired last year at the end because he played a full USL, USFL season, played in the NFL. So like, this is his first full off season as an NFL player. So I'm, I'm excited to see what they're going to bring to the table with him, with uh, with a Deuce Vaughn. Like, I think, I think with MacArthur, the reason why I'm very optimistic is he, I think he feels like he's, he, his seat is warm, whether he, he accepts it or not, or he's denying it, whatever the case may be, he's not going to show his face on that. Like, I just, I don't, I don't see that from Mike McCarthy, but by his actions, I feel like he's going to really just throw the book at this, at this uh, defensive coordinators. And it's going to be, it, it's, if he doesn't get at least to the to the NFC Championship game this year, I'm I'm okay with the Cowboys walking away from McCarthy and promoting Dan Quinn as the uh, head coach in, in, in for 2024. But we got a long way to go before we get there. But I'm feeling good. We'll we'll see what 2023 you know unfolds because to me this is arguably the arguably the most talented Cowboys team I've seen in years. And and I think if they can't make it to an NFC Championship team or game with the with that team then it's a failure in my book. So so before you answer Howman and take us home, it feels like Brandon's answering as like an off-brand Barbie. You know, where it's like, it's <laughs> it's kind of Barbie, but it's like, you don't really have the confidence to say it, it fully is. And, you know, you invest all this money. It's like, it could be a good payoff, you know, whatever. It's a good Christmas gift, but hopefully your kids don't know uh, that you kind of slighted them a little bit on Christmas. Uh, so Howman, take us home. How do you feel? Yeah, Brandon's kind of giving us the, the Barbie you get on Wish.com right now. <laughs> 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 um, but no, I I am gonna go I'm gonna go Oppenheimer, but not because of Mike McCarthy, but rather Oppenheimer for all the defenses that have to face Mike McCarthy's offense. So yes, this is this is positive if, if that confused you. I, I'm really excited for Mike McCarthy and his offense and and the more that I've kind of uh, looked into both McCarthy and what he did when he ran the offenses back in Green Bay and what Schottenheimer did in his last stint with the Seahawks. And when he was in Seattle, people kind of forget they were, that was when they were really letting Russ cook. And for a, for a while, the Seahawks offense was playing really, really well. Then they had, you know, some injuries on the offensive line, some, some chemistry issues and, and Russell Wilson, you know, as we now see in Denver, he kind of took a step back in his overall play. But between McCarthy's time in Green Bay, Schottenheimer's last stint, like these are two guys who have been around the NFL for a very long time. They've had their more than their fair share of going up against various defenses, figuring out how to beat them, finding out what works, more importantly, what doesn't work, and how to adjust and how to adapt, which I think was, um, for, for me as a big fan of Kellen Moore, that was probably the biggest issue I had with him was just that his scheme was really great, and when it worked, it was it just was was singing. But then when you went up against the San Francisco 49ers kind of defense and you just they're shutting down everything that works for you, there wasn't that much adaptability. It was like he, he couldn't really figure out on the fly, well, this is something else that we can do that works. And I think that's what you get with experienced coaches like McCarthy and Schottenheimer. And also the fact that they're not completely scrapping the Kellen Moore offense. They're just they're incorporating some other stuff into it, getting rid of the stuff that didn't work and keeping the stuff that was good. Um, I, I just think that overall, the, the experience there, it's, it's going to pay off. And with the talent that they have on offense, the talent they've brought in with, with Brandon Cooks, with Luke Schoonmaker at tight end as a rookie, 
Um, it just gets me excited because I know that when Dak Prescott's dropping back, he's going to launch it downfield, and then he's going to be saying, let's go Barbie, let's go party in the end zone because we got a touchdown. I love it. And I'll split the difference uh, between you two. I do think in, in Brandon's case, you know, I, I am cautiously optimistic in the sense where I just need to see it first. Like, I just need to see something. I want to see a lot of the stuff during training camp, but also – the way that players get reps in the preseason and kind of prove themselves, get acclimated, I think Mike McCarthy needs to find his rhythm, and I think it's important to see the offense have some sort of production in the preseason, whether it is with the first team or at least with Cooper Rush in the second team. I think that we just need to see just a little bit of something just to say, okay, Mike McCarthy found his groove. He can work out some kinks, kind of get back in the flow of things. But I think to Hamlin's point, Simi Fajoko, when we talked to him a few weeks ago, he said that, the team is excited about Mike McCarthy and the direction that he's taken this offense. And I don't think he was just saying that just because he's the head coach and he's the play caller. Now I think the guys truly believe in Mike McCarthy. They're behind him 110%. This team knows what they have and they're all ready to kind of put the chips forward and, and take that Super Bowl run because they know that the time is very limited. The countdown clock, if you will, for the atom bomb and everything, it's, 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 it's getting close to zero for a lot of these guys. So I do think they understand where they're at what this training camp means for them. Um, and I think there's just a lot of excitement uh, around the Cowboys right now, just like there was for the summer box office with uh, Bob Barbie and Oppenheimer. So to tie it back into everything. So uh, last guys, well, before we end, uh, Brandon, I'll let you reiterate your Twitter handle. Cause I absolutely butchered it in the beginning. So I'll <laughs> let you clarify things uh, before we close out. Yeah. So again, uh, B2, it's all good, man. At icebreaker 21, and I can't believe it, all this Barbie Heimer talk that we've been having. How do people forget about Shark Week? Did Shark Week just kind of fall off the face of the earth? I mean, what's what's going on here? I, I'm going to be watching. I'm going to be watching the network here in a few minutes. Watching the the next. Uh, I think there's like a, a mega like the Megalodon stuff. Like I'm I'm all into Discovery. I actually just downloaded the free trial on the uh, on the app, so I'll be uh, be watching some of that. So Shark Week, baby. I'm I'm excited for it. But overall, I'm really excited for. I'm excited to see what. This offense does, especially with Mike McCarthy. And I will leave it with this last piece of information. Dak, 5K this year. Let's go. You know, when when sharks start dressing up in pink and building atomic bombs, then then I'll be able to remember it in the midst of Barbenheimer. No, I, I mean, I'm, I'm really excited for the Cowboys and, and training camp getting started. Um, you know, it's, it's always a great time when, when we get to this point and they're back in Oxnard and, and things just – things just feel right. And it's, it's the start of something great, our favorite time of the year, every year. Um, and I'll be tweeting about it with all of my different thoughts that you can find on Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it these days at underscore DH44 underscore. And uh, unfortunately, I won't be watching Shark Week because I am uh, doing it in observance of being pro-seal. Uh, so uh, not the singer, but the animal. So, uh, but I guess the singer's good too. So, but you can follow me on Twitter at, at Brandon is right. And that is W R I T E. So for Brandon Clements and David Howman, I am Brandon Laurie. Thank you guys for tuning in to the writer's block podcast. We will talk to you next week after week one of Cowboys training camp in Oxnard. Go Cowboys. 